Hey everyone, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. And we're the Casual Tutors, even if Doug wasn't so sure. Thank you for listening to this week. Today we're going to be talking about board games, hopefully, you know, driving some interest between you guys, some discussion in our Discord, and overall just kind of covering, you know, the board games we love, styles, all the everything in that realm of possibility. Before we get started, like always, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about some of our, you know, honeydew lists, and that mainly revolves around our social medias. We're pretty much everywhere at Casual Tutors, specifically Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, our Discord is fairly active. I know we use it a lot just for coordinating the show and talking to each other, but you know, we also get other members of our community in there talking about Magic: The Gathering decks, uh, deck help, spoilers, news, all those things. So if you want to be part of that community, it's free easy to join link is down in our description like always so make sure to hit it up so without further ado kind of like i talked about we're deviating from our normal mtg content into the realm of the board game universe it's not something that i'm super familiar with but i know doug and kyle are super passionate about so we're gonna you know kind of unleash the reins here and you know allow those two to have you know free reign over the conversation with you know some minor input by me here and there to try to steer them on course so without further ado, Kyle, do you want to start off with probably just your favorite board game of all time? Don't, don't do it, Kyle. Just serve that right back. It was a good serve. Just just volley it right back at him and ask Matt what his favorite board games are, because I want to know all about Monopoly. I really do. <laughs> um, no, Matt, I won't do that to you. Um, I do love board games. So that was actually our LGS that, that I opened in 2017. The original idea, the original reason I opened it was because of board games. I, at the time, was not playing Magic. And, of course, uh, you open an LGS, you devolve into Magic as every every other LGS does because Magic is a moneymaker and it's also fun to be sweaty. But I love board games. I love, uh, I was pretty basic with it. I say basic. I wasn't Monopoly basic. But for a long time, my favorite board game was like Catan. I like uh, resource management games a lot. Doug actually introduced me to a lot of my current favorite board games now. One, which I have not bought because I have terrible ADHD and I'd probably buy every single expansion and then just have no money ever again if I did. And one that I've got not only a normal version, but also a travel version because I love it so much. The one I don't have is Dominion. The one I do have is Carcassonne. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carcassonne, uh, I, I think I did introduce Carcassonne to you. Uh, and. I love it because a lot of people strike baby's first board game when they're trying to introduce people to the hobby and take them out of their Uno, you know, hole is, is, uh, um, I'm forgetting the most popular board game of all time. Settlers of Catan. Right. Which but was my I, favorite for a long time. And I'd still love Catan. I love, I love resource strategy, uh, resource management games. Um, seven wonders is another good one. There's a ton of them out there. Yeah. Uh, they're tons of fun. If you like strategy games, especially if you like, like me who sits and plays civilization on your computer for 16 hours, if given the opportunity, dude, go uh-huh. find some cool uh, resource management games. It's, it's just paper video games. It's so much fun. I agree. I, I do think specifically that I have a very unpopular opinion of Catan. I like settlers of Catan a lot. Uh, I actually started before even that playing the card game version of it called Puerto Rico, which I loved even more. The thing I don't like about settlers of Catan is it does not play well between people that know how to play and people that do not. So a lot of times what you'll have the trap of Catan when you introduce it as like the baby's first board game to new people uh, is 
unless you really hold back, you just wipe the floor with them and they kind of go, okay, that wasn't fun. Where I don't think that happens as often with Carcassonne. Not to say that it's not skill-based, because it is, but you can easily have somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing kind of luck into a win in their first game of Carcassonne. And you can also, uh, it's a lot more fun to play dumb and just like, I'm going to build pretty castles over here, as opposed to Settle Catan if you're not like maximum strategizing, then I, I don't think it's very fun. Well, and the nice thing about Carcassonne too is if if you've ever played any kind of strategy game before, Carcassonne is super easy to pick up. You, you're immediately going to understand the concept. You're going to flip a tile. You're going to see what the tile does. You're going to go, okay, it's super simple where I can and cannot place this. And then you're just going to sit there and you're going to look, okay, where makes the most sense? And it's, it's, it's not a complicated game. There's not a lot of moving parts to it because even Catan being such a, a simple intro game, there's still quite a few moving parts to the game compared to something like Carcassonne. So yeah, Carcassonne, I don't even think you have to go that deep into selling it. When I sell people on that game as their first board game, I say it's it's a puzzle, but it's also a board game. Like we're all just solving a puzzle. It just has strategy behind it. And I think that gets a lot of people hooked with it normally wouldn't be interested in that kind of thing. That's a really good way to put it. I just like trading you? sheep. Oh, and, and I just like trading my sheep. I was no. going to ask you though, Matt, like we're talking about, we, we stumbled into like beginner level board games. What was the beginner level board game that someone tried to introduce you to board games with that made it so you hated board games forever and always? <laughs> Doug's trying to dig deep right away. I don't I don't hate board <laughs> games. Um I've definitely played my share of Catan and then you know the typical family friendly Monopoly Clue, Candyland, all that stuff when I was younger. Uh I think my largest problem, instead of hating board games, I just really don't like people in general. So that doesn't really <laughs> go hand in hand with finding a, a healthy board game regular group. Um in high school, I have fond memories in my AP European history class at the end of the year. You know, after AP tests, everyone is done with the course pretty much. So there's no point for the teacher to try to even entertain us. And all he did was turn on risk onto the projector and we played risk for the remainder, you know, the last two or three weeks of school. So I, I love risk. And, you know, people knowing my wargaming background, that's probably not a very big surprise there. Um, that's kind of surprising to me, though, that you're not the biggest fan of board games and people, but you enjoy it when it comes to war games and 40K and and, and all of those. Because I really, in my head, those are linked. All, they're they're very, very close, especially since my introduction to games like Warhammer was actually Heroescape, which is Heroescape without the rulers, essentially, uh, where you move through hexes instead. And Heroescape was so cool, dude. I, I actually have you looked up prices on it because it's it, it, it's it's good in your nostalgia, just as good as for anybody else. But it's not worth that money. I I was gonna say I have a tub full of Heroescape sets in my garage. Oh, oh uh, I'll take those off you for a dollar. Oh yeah, I'll I'll have to look into those prices <laughs> now. I was gonna throw those away. No, but that's that's what I was gonna say. The difference between Heroescape and Warhammer, in my opinion, is really just the rulers at that point. And I would kind of consider Heroescape to be a board game, which by relation makes me think that Warhammer and other wargaming games like that are pretty much a really crunchy board game. Would you disagree with that, Matt? No, I, I would say they still fall in the, because they're still considered tabletop. So they all fall under that realm of, realm of tabletop games. Sure. So, you know, board games, everything else is included in that. I think for me, the main difference is these games are competitive and the end goal is for me to kill my opponent. So by extension, me not liking them and then killing them, you know, it, it kind of works out. 
And, you know, disclaimer and all this, I say I don't like people when I don't like people when I'm killing them. The people I play with, I do like you because if I didn't, I wouldn't be playing with you. <laughs> but uh, I guess kind of still in that, I, I consider it still kind of that wargaming wheelhouse for me. But a game that I played fairly recently that I guess is considered more of a board game is Twilight Imperium. Um, I was actually which, just about to suggest both that and Eclipse to you. If you like Warhammer type games, I think that both of those are just the kind of crunchy nonsense that you want. That is kind of a, a tabletop uh, war game and also a resource game like Civilization kind of all in one. Yeah, and I, I like Civ on PC and stuff like that. So Twilight Imperium was really fun for me. I enjoyed the crap out of it. I came in for a sneaky win there at the very end of my very first game. And I hate to say it, but I haven't been invited back by that playgroup. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess if we're going to consider wargaming part of tabletop board games you know i'm well in there with the nerd verse and up with all that but when it comes to traditional cardboard laying down i'm kind of out of it I, I think a lot of it has to do that when i'm not spending my free time you know running events at xp or you know playing warhammer for warhammer wednesday at, at xp um i'm home with my wife and you know two-player board games i know they exist i know there's some fun ones out there but they're just they're not the same um i pick up rules a lot faster than my wife i gotta talk a little bit quieter i pick up rules a lot a lot faster than my wife so there is less of a learning curve for me than her and then the games quickly devolve into me just quickly wiping the board and not being fun for either of us so are, are you a rule book reader when it comes to board games i do read it i prefer to think of me as a referencer I, <laughs> sure no, I, 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 just, I ask because it, it seems like anytime you sit down at a table with board game people or, or really any kind of those, there's two kinds of people. There's the people that want to read the entire rule book before you start playing. And then there's the people that are just like, can we just start turn one and we'll figure it out? And I'm definitely in that latter category. <laughs> I, I it's not too. even close yeah. for me. Yeah, I am number I'm two for in sure. Between. I try to okay. do it as homework where I come in with some prior knowledge about the game that we're going to be playing. And then throughout the course of the, you know, so that way when we get there, we just jump right in and throughout the course of the game, go back and be like, you know, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? What does this do? I need I help with this. this. But, but you're, you're definitely, you're definitely not in between. You're just category one. Homework. I mean, at least, at I mean, least I'm not doing it at the table is my point. <laughs> no, that's great. I agree. I, I actually, that's the best of all worlds. If you are that person, and you find people being annoyed with you and you try and play board games with them, people do exactly that. Read it beforehand and then explain it to people because there's, there's nothing that people like me and Kyle are just sitting there being annoyed. We're just going to sit there and like move our fingers and fidget the whole time while you sit there and read the book and just wait for you to turn pages. And it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I also don't like going into any situation looking like an idiot. And I know, you know, there's that, you know, learning curve where people don't expect you to be perfect the first time you ever play a game but i still like to you know have some kind of semblance of capability there yeah i i totally i i totally get that i just i kind of go into a lot of things like this when it's not work i am perfectly fine being like i am an idiot let's go <laughs> you know I'm, I'm totally fine with that yeah but you know outside of that you know i do have one we, we have a board game closet. I guess it's just really our hallway closet that has our vacuum and shit in it. But there's a shelf full of board games in there in case we ever do have anybody over, which, spoiler alert, we've never had anybody over besides Kyle and his wife. Like, the first week they literally helped us move in. Aww. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, I'm um, saying, ah, Kyle helped you. Yeah. Not, ah, not, you're a loser. You, you put that thought into your own head, okay? Listen. Uh, I don't think I'm a loser. He might be an <laughs> asshole, but I'm still his friend. 
<laughs> I made him help me carry a washer down the stairs. There you go. You just, he's like, all right, you can have some board game time after you lifted my heavy objects. Okay, but we're, we're, we're tangenting again here, Matt. Out of that closet and the, the limited board games you played from it, which ones are, you, are your favorite? So I have a game called Star Wars Outer Rim, which I've played one time and I love the shit out of it. But it is also a very fairly complicated game that I probably need to find a more experienced playgroup to play with me. That's interesting. I've actually never heard of that one. Yeah, there's even an expansion for it now, which I also look like interested in as well. But it's basically you're a smuggler in the Outer Rim and it's about, you know, piloting your ship from pilot or planet to planet, gaining resources, dodging Imperial patrols, stuff like that. It's pretty fun. Hold hold on a second. Did Matt just call me stupid? No, never. <laughs> so I, an interesting one that I really like that I'm, I'm glad we deviated into Star Wars here because actually one of my favorite games of all time is a Star Wars board game that I do not own and have only played like twice that is super rare at this point and hard to get a hold of. But there is a there is a background group that has been because it's out of print, they've kind of been proxying copies of it and that kind of thing. It's called Star Wars Duels. And it's a really, really quick, just like 15-minute game. You set up the board and you get like a hand of stuff and you get assigned a hero. And your hero has a couple troopers. So if you're like, uh, say you're Obi-Wan, you get a couple clone troopers, for instance. Or if you're Darth Vader, you get a couple stormtroopers. Or uh, it's it's They're not all stormtroopers, obviously. But it's like that. Uh, I think Yoda gets a couple younglings maybe i don't remember anyway you get all that and then you kind of get cards in your hand that are special abilities for them and then they have a standard attack as well and then it's just a little like square board with maybe a couple obstacles in the way and it's a lot like a wargaming game just it goes over like 15 minutes instead of the hour to two hours that some of the warhammer games take it's a lot more like squads before there were squads i guess and, and that's one that i really like that you unfortunately can't get very many of yeah, it sounds interesting. There's another one that I'm trying to think. I think it's called Hero Clicks. Did we talk about this? Was this the one earlier? Hero Clicks, yeah. I haven't ever played Hero Clicks, but it's always one that I see people play and I've always wanted to try out. Yeah, I always see TikToks for it. It looks goofy where they're just like shooting force waves of just giant pieces of plastic across the board at each other and shit. It looks fun. Promotional videos look goofy. More, more news at 11. None of it, it's just people on TikTok randomly playing it and they're using like water bottles and you know coffee cups and shit as terrain. But oh. yeah, f- fun times. But yeah, the I'm definitely more in the realm of war game adjacent to war straight up war gaming games. And I think it's like a physicality thing for me. Like one, sure. I like being able to move like the super impressive pieces, stuff like that. And then the competitive aspect of it definitely helps because I get to, you know, stomp face potentially. Have you, have you ever done Access and Allies, Matt? You said you like Risk, and you said you like uh, War Games. I got to imagine that it's at least something that might have piqued your interest at some time. It's something I've looked at. It's nothing I've really taken too seriously because, you know, like I said, it's, you know, I don't have a lot of at-home opportunity, and then when I'm doing other stuff in town, it's other games. Uh, and like Risk, it it takes forever is the downside to Axis and Allies, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, Doug, you managed to pawn that off on me. I think it's your turn to talk about your favorite games. I mean, Kyle only got through two of his before I ended up interrupting him, so I guess I should talk to make sure I don't interrupt anybody else. Does that make sense? Works out. Ah, yes. <laughs> I have um, so much more to say, though. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I don't know which of you said this is going to be a short episode, but I think you were wrong. In any case, uh, my favorite board game, I think at this point, one I've always wanted to set up, and I think I might actually get it done this year, 
is to do a just massive robo rally game. And I get called kind of a, a magic fanboy every once in a while because I like robo rally so much because it was actually the game that Richard Garfield, the designer of magic was trying to sell uh, when he was, when he made magic, he brought that to him and they said, I don't know. That sounds a little bit expensive. We can't afford to make all those pieces and all that kind of stuff. It sounds cool though, but could you do something cheaper like a card game? And he said, yeah, sure. I'll come, I'll, I'll come back in a couple of days. And he came back uh, with magic, like, six months later and sold it to him for who knows how much money. But Robo Rally is a, a fun game where you are a robot uh, trying to escape a factory essentially and, and, or get to a flag on the other side of the factory. And the thing I like about it is it assumes that you can think five moves ahead as a starting point because how the movement in the game works is you get a random deck of cards and all the cards have movement options on them, like back up, turn left, turn right, move three forward, move one forward all those kind of things. And you get 10 of them and you get to lock five down as your five moves. So you do first card, second card, third card, fourth, fifth card, fifth card, and then everyone flips over their cards one at a time without being able to change them as things happen. And you just do the movement from there. And if you did it all right and you thought your five moves ahead correctly, then you end up going where you want to so long as nobody hits you along the way and totally screws up what you're doing or you did the math wrong because there's things on the board that also spin you and move you and that kind of thing. So it, it's probably my favorite board game of all time. Uh, and I know I've made Kyle play it at the very least, but it, it's a good one. I also just have a lot of your typical suspects. Uh, Dominion being very, very big on that. Anybody that likes drafting and Magic the Gathering, you will love Dominion and the entire category of deck building games that it has spawned because uh, there's 30 billion of them now. Which is funny because uh, I Dominion's the only one that I like, the only one I've tried that I like. But I think the thing that Dominion has over the other deck building games is I had Doug there to explain to me exactly how Dominion worked and I didn't have to read any rules. It is really nice to just have it explained to you. There's, uh, I think that's true of pretty much all board games, even the simple ones. But yeah, uh, other, other stuff that I like a lot. I'm a big railroad guy. Uh, that means that I'm partial to Ticket to Ride, but actually the one I really, really like is uh, a little bit rarer and a lot, lot bigger. It's probably bigger than most tables most people play on. Railroad Tycoon, the old computer game from back in the day, has a board game, and it takes a lot of setup, uh, and you have to explain some of the early parts of the game to people to make sure that you don't immediately wipe the floor with them because there's some starting cards that if you let one person get, they just win the game. But if you can get through all that and all that setup and kind of lead people through the beginning parts of the game... It is a lot more free than Ticket to Ride because it actually involves you building your own track over the map so you can kind of go wherever you need to to uh, get to, from city to city and figure it all out. Uh, so I'd say those are probably my top games in there. There's a lot of other ones that I like, uh, but probably not anything on the scale of Dominion and uh, Robo Rally and Railroad Tycoon. I guess Carcassonne's up there. That's less my favorite and more just a good intro game, so I end up playing it a lot, and I do enjoy it. Those are good games. Did you know that uh, Ticket to Ride is like one of the best-selling board games of all time? And I had no idea what it was until like 2018. I, I mean, I don't think I, I knew about it earlier than that, but I don't know that I played it that much before that. Maybe like 2016, 2017, something like that. Yeah, I, by, I, the, I, by the time I had played it for the first time, it had already won like best board game of the year like five years in a row or, or five different versions of it like Ticket to Ride Europe, Ticket to Ride this one, that one 
So I was lucky enough when my brother came to visit me in Germany, he had looked up beforehand and he said, hey, you know, you're two hours from the largest and best board gaming convention in the entire world, right? And I said, no, I did not know that. <laughs> so yeah, the one that you always see on the side of it, and I forget the name of the town now, it, but the, the when you always see like one best category, you know, this year on the side of the board games, I actually got to go to that convention and find some new games. Uh, and then play a lot of other ones. There was competitive Carcassonne going on, which I did not even know was a thing until that point, but was really fun to watch. Uh, it, it was a blast. So if you ever find yourself on the outskirts of Cologne, uh, look it up and see if you might be able to stumble into the best board gaming convention in the world, because it's out there. That would be cool. Yeah, this says uh, uh, Ticket to Ride has dozens of international awards and has sold over 8 million games, making it one of the most popular mod- modern board games to exist. It's Gamescon in Spiel, which, as I said, is a suburb of Cologne. So there you go. Sounds less cool than Adepticon. You say that, uh, but there actually is a huge Warhammer contingent there. Uh, When I was there, they had a capital ship that was the size of your old game store, or your current game store, I should say. It was awesome. That'd be pretty cool. I have a knight the size of Kyle's head. Ooh, I've seen it. I think a picture of it, at least anyways, Kyle, you said he had more to talk about. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, it's actually funny because, uh, it goes kind of back to what Matt was saying. Um, and it's also, it Doug brought up robo rally, which I did have a lot of fun playing with, with Doug and, and I like it for this reason, but, um, I am also very competitive and I like to win and I fucking hate cooperative board games. I hate them so much. (laughs) I don't like playing against the board. Dude, oh my gosh. We Casey like really liked Pandemic and really wanted to play Pandemic all the time. And I am just like, no, I don't want to play with you guys. I want to play against you guys. What's the Cthulhu <laughs> one that almost kills everybody every single game? Um Not, Arkham Horror. Not Arkham, Cthulhu or Arkham Pandemic Horror. Yeah. Oh, Arkham, Arkham Horror. Okay, okay. Arkham Horror and uh what's the other one? Elders Horror. Great games. It was actually one of the first board games I owned was Arkham Horror and the copy that's on the game library in our cafe, our local game store is my first original copy, which is why it doesn't have a rule book in it. Funny enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I also found out that I've been playing it wrong for like a decade, like a couple of years ago. Um, hey, it's not related to the magic people. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I know what my card does all the time, but uh, they're fun. And that's, I kind of like games like that. So, and, and this will lead into another one that's kind of contradictory to me saying I hate cooperative games. But uh, the cool thing about like Arkham and Eldritch Horror is you're playing together against the board because you don't want the Elder God to awaken or you want to be able to defeat the Elder God if it does. But you're also competing against each other to right. be like the most powerful. And that is fun. One of my favorite games is Betrayal, whether that be Betrayal at House on the Hill or. Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, which I actually played with our buddy Nick for the first time like a month and a half ago, which is literally just Betrayal at House on the Hill, but with, you know, D&D theme. So those have the, I, I first encountered this with Shadows Over Camelot, actually, which is probably the first play against the board game that I played. Those, if you get big enough, actually have the option for not everyone to be on the same team because there can be a traitor. Is that correct? So there's always a traitor. Um, gotcha. The, the trader, the cool thing about betrayal is you'll have like the trader book and there's like hundreds of possible options. So 
depending on what happens, depending on the situation, it's a different trader every time. Sometimes it is kind of against the board. A lot of times it's, it's another player. And because of that, it leads up to you guys are working together, but you still know in the back of your head, hey, somebody's going to end up being the trader. Something's going to end up happening. We need to be prepared for that. We don't want to, you know, throw all the, the goodies onto one person and then them end up being the trader. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a lot of fun too, because that takes in that same, like, eh, it's cooperative, but you're also kind of like keeping an eye on everyone. I, I like that. Like I said, my first encounter with like play against the board was shadows or Camelot. Uh, and the trader in that one was just, the game was brutal if you didn't have a trader. So if you had a trader, it was just so much extra. Uh, and that really made me like it because it, it was already kind of a challenge and then you could kind of push it over the top and it really felt balanced a hundred percent between the trader side of the table. It was also the board and, and the allies. But at the same time, that if you think about it, that's probably not how you should balance a board game where the one person that's not on the majority's team is, is has an equal chance of winning to the people that are all working together. That's probably not the way you want to do it. But I don't know. I, there's a lot of those games that are just brutally hard. I know I played a, a Desert Island one uh, that it took us, it felt like an opera, it felt like we reached a goal when we finally beat the game because I think it took us six or seven tries. Oh my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. Are you talking, is it forbidden Island? Yes. Yes. Forbidden Island's and a ton of fun. And the, the, the board starts to get smaller as the game progresses. It is brutal. It, it is. It is brutal. We played one. Caleb just got not too long ago called spirits. You're basically, you play as you play as elementals and each person picks like a, a, a one of the four base elements and you play as an elemental and you each have different abilities and different spells and things you can do. And you're on an island and it's kind of similar to Forbidden Island, except you're the island trying to stop the people on the island who are like corrupting the island by building cities and technology and stuff like that. So it's like you're the board fighting the people and it's, it's very interesting. So I lied to you. I played Forbidden Desert. Forbidden Island is, I think, the precursor to Forbidden Desert that I have not played. Uh, but I'm told that they're both equally brutal. So yeah, both just as fun. Um, they're very similar. Yeah. Any more games? Um, I, <laughs> I did just look up one that um was another one that's uh insanely popular and very old that uh I didn't play until we opened the cafe or didn't even hear about which is Talisman, which I think Doug also oh, yeah. got me to play, which was a ton of yeah. fun. Talisman's long, so don't go into it thinking you don't have much time, uh, but it's kind of the original D&D board game. It's, it, it was made, I don't even know exactly when. I would, I would guess back in the 80s. Uh, so it's been around a long, long time, and it is essentially D&D the board game. So it's kind of a D&D light if you're not looking to do a full campaign. And it is a, a, an absolute ton of fun, but it, it's going to suck up a lot of your life, especially if you play with expansions. And with that, yes. I do want to mention if you don't have a ton of time and you want to play an easy, fun, you know, just play it board game, Epic Battle Wizards, any of the editions. Yeah, they're, Epic Battle Wizards is great. They're super fun. They are definitely more mature with their jokes. And um, if anyone knows, it's the same artist that did Super Jail. So take take that as you will. <laughs> it's It's a really... Easy to learn game. I we actually just sat down at a, a friend's birthday party 
a few weeks ago and they wanted to play board games that we taught a whole table of people how to play that in like literally 10 minutes. I mean, it's super easy, super fun to play and it's quick. You can just, you can hit rounds They They do their actual, uh, like dead wizard mechanics and actually getting like game win points and how many game win points it takes to actually win the game can get a little intensive, but it's one of those things where it's like, you could, you could cut it off wherever you want. There's very clear to find rounds the way that the dead wizards work is very clear to find. So if you want to keep going, you can, if you don't want to keep going, you don't have to, it's, it's a really like relaxed game. Absolutely. Other short board games that I really enjoy uh boss monster for sure is a, is a nice quick boss like monster. 15, is so cool. I totally it, forgot about that one. It's a fun little 30 minute game uh, that'll have, it's quick to learn and it'll have everybody kind of having a good time. Uh, so that that's another good one. If you don't have, a whole lot of time but I, I had one last question before we tried to wrap this up here and that is what do you guys think makes a good board game it is is there some things that you're looking for like if you were making your own board game what would be the kind of that that blueprint you would start with for me and like in my sphere of experience it's keywords like I like games that have a clear, concise list of keywords that go across the rules that also contain a glossary or contain in a glossary so that you encounter it on, you know, a character card or something like that. You know, you quickly flip to a little two page glossary, look at the keyword, tells you exactly what's happening and you move on. That's like a huge thing for me for especially for simplification of games. When you play fighting games, Matt, you uh, you like the ones where you have to look up the whole dictionary of movesets before you play, don't you? I mean, yes and no. I don't like looking uh, like going through like the official rule book for the army you're playing and finding the exact data sheet for that one unit. I like in Warhammer, I use an app called Battlescribe where sure. I just enter the units I'm bringing and it spits it all out in one essentially spreadsheet for me to use. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, it seems like, uh, whereas I know that I'm a Soul Calibur and Smash Brothers player when I play fighting games, it mm-hmm. seems like you're much more in that Street Fighter Mortal Kombat setting where you're like, no, no, hang on, I gotta I gotta look up this this uh, 13 input move real quick. Yeah, well, ideally, I know what my armies all do. No, that's fair. That, that, I don't that even is... necessarily need my cheat sheet, but yeah, it, it's in the realm. What about you, Kyle? What, what do you think, where would you start if you were making a board game? What do you think is like the archetype that you would go for or the Uh, big mechanic okay so real quick i i just found a board game that i forgot about that i wanted to mention real (laughs) quick uh just because you mentioned board games that are super easy to learn super quick to play and that's sentinels of the multiverse especially if you like superheroes Uh, everyone loves superheroes central the multiverse it's literally just you pick your hero whether you're playing the villains or the heroes you pick everyone picks a superhero you pick the villain that you're against and then every turn is basically just draw a card play a card it's incredibly easy incredibly fun all the artwork is all it's all original heroes original art so it's really interesting and and easy to pick up Uh, which kind of goes into my architect for best game i have a, an incredibly bad hyperactivity disorder and mm-hmm. i am i have literally the attention span of a goldfish so it, it's sometimes it's real hit or miss sometimes it's 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 literally sometimes i'm just super hyper focused on something sometimes i'm not and there's no rhyme or reason to it but i will say a, like some originality flashy colors as childish as that sounds sure. <laughs> um 
but uh, and and easy to learn too. I mean, that's a lot of these games that I've mentioned are are easy to pick up, easy to learn games. We're also it's starting to get to a point in my life, at least, where I don't have a lot of time. I mean, I play a lot of these these strategy games on my computer because are single player strategy games because I can pause them because I can play for 20 minutes, go do something that I have to do and then come back to it. And that, that kind of means a lot to me for board games as well. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. My brother, uh, I, I brought, I've mentioned him a lot, but he's the biggest board gaming geek on earth. He's even designed his own games that have actually seen print and those kind of things. So it's a, uh, he has talked to me a lot and and because he knows that I'm nerdy, he's assumed that I like really, really crunchy board games that go really, really in depth. And there could not be anything further from the truth. If I have to look into a book to figure it out even more than twice, I'm I'm out, man. I'm gone. Uh so that's a big thing for me is I need it to be easy to grok, easy to understand and do and teach to someone else if I end up having that responsibility. And I also need it to be different every every time, which is a big thing that I absolutely love about games like uh, Eclipse and uh, Dominion, where the 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 actual board game pieces or the board itself or the cards change each and every single time. So even though you're playing the same game, you can get a deeper understanding of what you're doing and the strategies and and the different things that you can pursue. But the game itself will be different each and every single time that you play. And that's probably the biggest thing for me is just making sure that it's easy to play, easy to understand, and that it's not going to bore me by being the same game over and over again. I completely agree. I think that's a good place to talk about, you know, the latest piece in the board game that we call life here on Casual Tutors, and that is making this podcast. So if you've ever been interested in learning about how to make a podcast, you know, here's a little spiel about the tool we use through Spotify to record, edit, and publish super easily and more importantly, completely for free. Yeah. So, you know, that that's if you're ever interested, you know, you got questions, like I said earlier, join our Discord. We'd love to talk about, you know, just making podcasts in general too. So we're definitely on the tail end of the conversation here. Doug kind of opened the camera worms earlier where we talked about warhammer you know generally falling within the tabletop board gaming realm so i wanted to give a little bit of spiel since there's a lot of warhammer news happening currently so 10th edition i think literally official release date is tomorrow even though the books and everything aren't published and everything like that is not available for purchase or on their website but to start spoiling all the, the the meat of the rules that haven't you know I think the majority of them have leaked, but official rules are coming out. Um, so with that, you know, it's also a great time to join, you know, Warhammer community as a whole. And there, you know, it's a multifaceted community. You don't just have to play Warhammer 40k. You can, you know, collect the hobbies, paint them if you're more into the hobby side of things. You could play, you know, Warhammer adjacent games like Kill Team, which, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Kill Team. And I'll talk about an alternative, which I think is better than Kill Team now. But, you know, it, it's never been a better time. You know, everyone's starting to clean slate new rules for every army and you know it's promising to be simpler and more accessible than ever because all the rules are going to be free right up front um no more buying codexes for your armies stuff like that at least for the beginning they made enough money off plastic they don't need to make it off of books anymore yeah and well gw right off the bat will tell you they're a miniature company they're not uh a gaming company so and i think that's absolutely true yeah, no, I won't. I won't disagree. So that you know, them balancing a game, they they usually do an all right job, but there's still a lot of rules that go on for local tournament scenes and stuff like that that make the game easier, at least for competitive. 
But, you know, that's a whole different tangent that we could go on in a different episode. The other game type I wanted to talk about is still Warhammer 40k, but it's called a boarding action. And essentially, it takes what is great about Kill Team, and that being a small number of units required to play the game relatively fast. And it combines it with all the unique rules and abilities and character traits that 40k has as an entire game. Basically, it's 500 points. You play just like it sounds in a boarding action. So you're boarding a ship or a space Hulk or something like that. So you're playing on a small board with confined hallways and, you know, it's still five rounds, but the rounds are much faster because there's different line of sight rules. So, you know, you flat out just might not even see your enemy to be able to do anything and you have to pass the turn to, you know, you're immediately forced into close combat with your enemy and the game's over because you just kill each other. So, and the game's usually, you know, hour to an hour and a half. So it's the, it's the opening scene of a new hope for 40 K universe. Yeah, pretty much. Or, you know, Alien, any of those Alien franchises when they're on a ship. Um, But it's insanely fun. Like I said, you get the uniqueness and the diversity of full 40K, but with the speed and low input requirement of Kill Team. And, you know, if you're interested in the 40K and you thought about Kill Team and, you know, you don't really like the way those rules look, I would definitely take a look at boarding actions. And there's something that's carrying forward into 10th edition as well. You've piqued my interest, although I will say that uh, the one time that I started doing Kill Team with my Tyranid army, I was immediately just out because every other Space Marine army out there was like, well, I get this guy that has like the best save ever and blah, blah, blah. And I get like five of them and all that kind of thing. And I looked up and I could barely do a Tyranid warrior, much less a squad of them. And it was just an immediate no-go. So hopefully they've improved some things. Uh, I do really, really like the idea from a 40K perspective of having the books all be digital because uh, you can just kind of say, oh, well, that's not up to date and do a patch every quarter or what have you and just have everything come out. And pretty much everyone, the last time I played at least, which was a while ago, uh, was already using tablets or laptops to look up their rule books anyway and was getting them illegally online. So, yeah, it's a good yeah. idea from their, their perspective. Yeah, I don't know if they're so much all going to be available digitally. They, they do have their own app, so they might be in there. They haven't really talked about that part too much, but they're... Instead of having rule books with pages upon pages of characters and units and stuff like that, each unit type is getting a card, similar to how Star Wars Legion does it. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that that one little postcard size card has all the information for it. And those are going to be free at launch for every army. And then eventually, I guess they're supposed to release codexes that, you know, further define individual types of armies and Space Marine chapters and shit like that. So... You know, eventually, I'm sure there's going to be books to buy, but at least with the release of 10th edition, everything is going to be free. It'll still be 90% Space Marines, though. So if you're not a fan uh, of Space Marines like I'm not, then uh, don't worry. They'll, they'll still be amazing. They, they've given spoilers to a lot of different armies, and there's a lot of cool rules out there. So, And definitely in the latest year, Space Marines haven't been the most popular. So You say that, but when I say Space Marines, I'm not talking about specifically Space Marines. I'm talking about the eight different factions that are still Space Marines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I mean, I play I play Blood Angels, uh, yeah. which is a Space Marine chapter. But yeah. you know, they they haven't in Ninth Edition. They really weren't meta until the very end, and that was one particular army because they made a weird rules change. And you know, there's been a fairly good bouncing around diversity in the Warhammer meta this edition. So I'm expecting Tenth Edition to be kind of along the same bounds. Well, that's exciting. Maybe I will dig that Tyranid army out of the closet. What about you, Kyle? Yeah. Yes, space. <laughs> marines uh yes emperor protect kill the heretic kyle i know that you are a fan of like lore stuff from magic the gathering and i will say 
that if you would like to find a way into the lore universe of Warhammer 40k that will not just make your eyes roll out of your head, uh, look up the Imperial Guardsman fanfic, and it will it will get you there. That sounds cool. I actually know a decent amount about the lore too because I played a uh, TTRPG version of Warhammer back in the day. Back uh, I say back in the day, it was like 2012. Yeah, there, there's so much lore. If you want to get books, you know, hit me up. I can definitely recommend pretty much a whole diversity of them, whatever your interest would be, not just Space Marines. But, you know, I also will say, if you're just interested in getting into wargaming in general and you're not necessarily attached to the Warhammer franchises, you know, Star Wars Legion is relatively big. Its rules are completely free and updated regularly by Atomic Mass Gamings. They're getting, you know, actively producing new models with current lore developments on Dis- from Disney. And it's a very fun game to play. It's still based on dice rolling, but instead of rolling numbers, the dice just literally have hits and crits and then defense and surges and stuff like that on them. So it's a much simplified game. You don't need to, there's no math. There's no crunching numbers. There's, you know, predetermined measuring sticks. So no actual measuring with rulers. Just, um, you know, I go this stick, stick length away, that kind of thing. And then another one would be Star Wars Armada, which is a fleet-based combat game that I haven't played personally, but I've been very interested in. And yeah, every time I see it, I'm like, I want to play that. It, it looks very fun. It looks very simple. You know, there's squadron gameplay. There's, you know, massive fleets. There's super star destroyer shit like that. It looks totally awesome. The biggest perk to me is, you know, it's relatively cheap. Same thing with Legion. It's relatively cheap when it comes to miniature wargaming. And the models in Armada, except for the exception, the, the squadrons. So like the little tiny X-Wings and stuff like that, they all come painted. So immediately you just put together the base, slap the ship on it. You're good to go. Yeah. And a correction from earlier, Kyle, because uh, I knew you were going to look this up. It's the all guardsman party is the name of that, that fan fiction. It goes, uh, it goes over a, a tabletop RPG, a D and D essentially campaign that they do in the 40 K universe. And it's hilarious and awesome. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and G- that exists too. There's, there's rules for D and D esque uh, it uses a D100 system, which is not the worst, but I, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of it. But if you like the lore and don't want to play miniatures, that is an option. Yeah, yeah. and GW publishes their own of you know official game, but I'm sure there's like one-page rules for it and shit like that, too. Yeah. We will get into those at a later date. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I think we've reached a natural ending point here, guys. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's anything else we need to do. No, No outros or anything like that. Oh, there's an outro. And I also just want to make a quick reminder. You know, we've talked about Discord a few different times. It really is the best place for you guys to interact with us. And we do love interacting with you. So please join, you know, type something in general chat. Say hi. Tell us how we fucked up in this episode. Tell us about your favorite game. Whatever it is, you know, we want to hear it. We want to talk with you about it. Even better, leave us a five-star review and tell us exactly what we did wrong and how you hate us. Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's kind of joking, but Spotify does have a comment and question section. So if you want to do it there, go for it. We'll probably see it one day. The other nice and, thing, you know, too, is in Discord, if you hop in there and you say, you know, hey, I was really interested in the Warhammer stuff or, hey, I was really interested in the board game stuff. You, let us know. We'll definitely make more episodes about that. If you guys want it, if you guys want to hear it, we'll definitely talk about it more. I mean, we probably will anyways, but we'll do it quicker if you tell us to. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, leave a five-star review and tell us what your favorite board game is. Or just go to the Discord because we'll actually talk to you then. You know. 
yeah, whatever your antisocial or social habits allow you to do, because, <laughs> you know, everybody's different. But, you know, also in that same subject, we know, hit up our socials, our link tree is down in the description, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those stuff. We're not the most active on, but we do post there and we will see it. So, you know, if that's more your jam, go for it. We'll, we'll talk to you there. When will the show end? Never. Uh, so without further ado, I guess, Doug, we'll, we'll, you know, tie this up. My name is Matt. I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. And we're the Casual Tutors. Thanks for listening. Obligatory outro. Complete. <laughs>